And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Pastor Ben Miller. He is Senior Pastor at Trinity Church on Long Island. And Pastor Ben, it's it's so great to have you on with us today. It's always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. We're all going through uh, modifications and changes and accommodating new timings in our life due to this coronavirus. And so um, last week, um, our own pastor, Pastor Kevin Sherritt, was on YouTube with the service, and uh, Mm. you were doing a live stream on Facebook, I believe, because I know I I tuned in. Uh, Stephen, our son, goes to your church, and he sent me the link. And uh, there's been a lot of accommodations by churches Mm. in order to keep ministering to the flock. So let's talk about that a little bit. In light of this coronavirus, um, what kind of changes have you been going through there, Ben, in your church and even in your family life? One of the things that I've been trying to keep before my own heart and before our flock here, and it's it's one of those things that, it's one of those truths that can become a cliche, but it is anything but. And I think in times like this, it's really something we have to very actively grab hold of, and that is that God is working. He's always working. If we take the Bible seriously, that God has set his anointed one, our Lord Jesus Christ, on his holy hill of Zion as king and Lord of heaven and earth and all authority has been given to him, then that means that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is always working in the world, everywhere, all the time. And so, I've just been trying to think about what has been a very disruptive time and in some ways a very unpleasant time uh, for all of us. I've just been trying to think for my own self and, and, you know, just kind of talk with our people here about that simple underlying truth that God's doing something. Jesus is at work here. So how can we kind of focus in and and, and participate, as it were, in in what he's doing? And so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we have realized is that... (laughs) Uh, unexpectedly, and and I, I would have probably even said not too well, and, and not in a way that I would have necessarily welcomed a few weeks ago. God has kind of forced us into some new um, new ways of using the the gifts of modern media. Um, we've discovered that um, li- live streaming worship has it's certainly n- nothing like being together physically, but. Um, it has actually been really good. It's been really beautiful to, um, you know, be able to participate in, in worshiping that way. You know, it, it, it lends itself pretty well to um, preaching, and we've we've even found that we can do some singing and, you know, pretty much go through most of our ordinary uh, flow of worship um, through the live stream, and people are just participating in their homes. And we've also found. Um, through a platform called Zoom that I know a lot of people are familiar with, we've discovered that, uh, well, in a live stream service, you can't really see each other. And I'm not, I'm still not sure if there's technologies out there that can allow you to see and hear each other in kind of a worship way, um, worshiping together. We can hear each other, like sing together. But we have found that Zoom um, allows you to have really uh, effective Bible studies and prayer meetings online because you can actually see each other and talk with each other. It's almost like, being in the same room, um, which we've used uh, for a couple of Wednesday night Bible study or, uh, or you know, weeknight uh, Bible studies and prayer meetings. And, and it's just been 
really sweet times of, of connecting to each other. So that's just, that's just one area. I know a lot of churches are experimenting with this stuff now, and it's it's opening up new ways of doing things that I've even started to wonder if, you know, down here in our busy kind of metropolitan area, I wonder if uh, a prayer meeting via Zoom is just in general more effective on a weeknight, saves people, you know, needing to fight traffic to get to a common location. So you know, that's just one area we've seen, you know, God is opening doors for us and we're learning and trying to be adaptable. So it's been exciting. Yeah. Uh, very interesting comments there, too. Um, yeah, I've heard of Zoom. I haven't used it yet myself, but a lot of people are using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it hard to use? No, it's one of the most user-friendly technologies I've ever used. You don't even have to have – our church has a has an account, and basically people can sign on to it. There's a really simple app that downloads to your computer, and then you're just on, and there's no need to have an account or anything, so it's user-friendly as could be. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, we share a concern here for obeying our Lord's desire that we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so this is like the best we can do um, remotely. um, This this is the best we can do. That's a conclusion I'm coming to. For now, it seems that's true. (laughs) We have... I don't even know if I should say this on the air. We have flirted with some some ideas. I don't I don't actually know if this is within public health guidelines. We've even considered, you know, getting together in our vehicles in a common like giant parking lot and you know, I could go around and administer the sacrament sort of car That's by right. car and you know, <laughs> we thought about That's right. trying to have something a little more physically gathered where pe- people are still perfectly safe, you know, there's we're certainly have appropriate social distancing as the phrase goes, but so I don't know. Yeah, but I think I think the main idea there biblically in, uh, in not forsaking is just don't don't abandon each other. God hasn't abandoned you, so don't abandon each other. So whatever ways you can stay meaningfully knit in heart and mind, and even maybe, thanks be to God, we can even be visually connected now. Yes. These are, these are good things. Yes, they really are. So, um, yeah, I was... Um I benefited from, you know, our own church's stream on YouTube and mm-hmm. from watching you this past Lord's Day on Facebook. And um, I would encourage all pastors to do as much as you can for your flock. One thing that uh, is absent from our church and absent from your church is trying to um, abuse the situation. Um, and, yeah. and we see plenty of that in the modern-day media where things are... Are, are abused and and at the cost of people's uh, well being, you know, people take advantage of a pandemic, and that, that's to me that's despicable when that happens. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and th- this gets back to maybe some other implications of the fact that Christ rules in this situation; He's Lord in this situation, and that and that God is working in it. So, you know, we believe that um, Christ's spiritual rule works itself out visibly, not just in the visible Church, and we've been kind of talking so far about that realm. As Christians, we have fellowship together and worship together, and we're finding ways to do that under Christ's Lordship as a Church. But, you know, Christ also manifests his rule as his people live in society with Right. Know, together with un- unbelievers and, and out in kind of what we call the civic realm. 
And, you know, your comment is interesting. Um, so, so how should Christians think about that dimension of our life under Christ's rule? And I, th- I think one thing that I've been realizing for myself, and I know this varies person by person, um, but it's important to pay attention to who you're listening to in times like this. Mm. Um, one of the things that I personally observe about pretty much almost all media, news media, quote-unquote, in our time, is how sensationalized it is. Oh, yes. I mean, across the spectrum, across the spectrum, it's just, there's just so, everything that feels like it's kind of presented in all caps, you know? Yes. Almost like it's being shouted all the time. And I think (laughs) this can really wear you down. And I think one of the things that's important is, you you know, one way that I think this kind of, situation, which is very serious, and, and there does need to be an alarm, a public alarm, and people need to be warned and things and directives given, but I think that it's just important for us, one of the ways I think this kind of thing ends up being abused is by people using the crisis, the legitimate crisis, as a platform to just um, just create all kinds of panic about all kinds of things that may or may not even necessarily be helpful in living our daily life as neighbors where we actually are. And, and sometimes I think it's just good to kind of unplug. We know there's a situation. We have some idea of what our lawful authorities are telling us to do about it. And within those boundaries, kind of step back, <laughs> turn the dials down of all this noise, and just focus on being aware of what the Lord might open for you to do to serve your local community. Amen whether that's donating meals or just prayer or, you know, checking on the aged and infirm in, in, in around you. Um, you know, we had this strange thing yesterday where all the teachers in one of our local schools, they, they, they created a, a motor cavalcade in this whole line of cars. was driving. They were driving one after the other through all the neighborhoods, just calling out encouragement to all these housebound students. Very interesting. You know, it was just a beautiful expression of sort of civic-mindedness. I thought, you know, those are the kind of things that as God's people, you know, you can't save the world, <laughs> but you no. can be salt and light in your neighborhood. And just getting kind of back down to basic local things is one one way I think we can practice our faith right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so glad this came up as we're talking about it here. I'm you know the the way Christ rules in this world. Um, certainly, we all yeah. agree that He has a um, He works in our hearts and, and you know mm-hmm. of His people, uh, and He's um, Lord of our conscience. He by His Holy mm-hmm. Spirit He brought us to Himself, and He He has regenerated us. He's He's done all this stuff, but it um, mm-hmm. but the um, I want to say the kingdom of Christ is is made manifest in our physical world as well as Amen. as we live out the gospel that you're describing um both Amen. in both in the church as well as outside the church and um absolutely um Christ uses that to win other people to himself and also to establish uh good order in this world um, Amen. he he wants us to live peaceably. Uh, he wants us yep. to uh, love God and love neighbor. And yes. so um, sometimes I see a tendency of, oh, let's just um, t- 
talk all about the spiritual, which is wonderful, but there's more to it. The gospel is bigger than that. Well, if you believe at all that faith works by love, that's clearly what Scripture says, <laughs> right? And that means that we're—I I think I'd put it maybe this this way: wherever Christ's Spirit-filled people are, there's the kingdom. Right. Whether that's assembled in a worship service, or whether that's out on the street, you know, handing out food on a breadline—I mean, it doesn't—you know—if that's in the halls of government, you know, where Christ's Spirit-filled people are, the kingdom is manifesting in our works, and I think. You know, we're not saved by those works. Um, those works flow from faith. They, mm-hmm. They're the outgrowth of the fact that we are right with God. And and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, right now, this is a time for us to, certainly in our inner beings, you know, turn to God in faith and trust and delight in the fact that nothing that happens to our bodies can affect our standing with God. That's all wonderful, but there's also that outflow. Um, and part of that is even just participating in the public policies that are, you know, being enacted, the fact that, you know, we have stable government and that we're able to have kind of across communities certain directives that we can all adhere to for the good of our neighbor, and that there's a, you know, a way that that's being organized. This is all stuff that I think we can be fundamentally thankful for and, and participate in willingly, um, you know, and, and, and show ourselves to be good neighbors for Jesus' sake. Yes, yes. Um let me think out loud for just a minute. Um, sure. Today we're, we're we're talking about the um, COVID nineteen and basically churches' responses to that and and families' mm-hmm. responses and and we just got done talking about actually making a difference as as far as the Lord gives us enablement to to affect mm-hmm. people and minister to people. Um, I was reading also, and and this is very premature, but. The, apparently, the model that um, they've been using to predict the number of people that are going to be dead because of this virus may have been overstated, and uh, it's premature to talk too much about it. But it turns out that COVID-19 is very contagious. Uh, it, it's highly transmissible. And so, therefore, the, the, the model that this Dr. Ferguson from the U.K., Mm-hmm. Uh, basically underestimated the number of asymptomatic patients and mm-hmm. therefore drastically overstated the worst-case outcomes. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that's true. <laughs> and I suspect that it is, um, because uh, more and more I'm hearing about people that caught the virus, and thanks be to God, it wasn't too serious. They They recovered, mm-hmm. and they're doing well. Um, it seems to take its toll on folks that are already compromised, particularly um, older yeah. folks um, given to pneumonia already. Um, and so, uh, again, if, if especially if you're older in that risk class, please be very careful. You know, the, the fact that yeah. the model is predicting wrong doesn't take away from the fact that we still need to be cautious, and that, that too is a form of loving neighbor as we want to mm. protect particularly the elderly among us. Yeah, and, you know, as has been stated many times, I think this is one data point that is very much worth um, attending to, not not creating a situation where our um, medical institutions are so overwhelmed that they can't 
That's right. Uh, provide treatment to those who need it. And you know, this is this is one place where I guess I'd say a couple things about Christian civic mindedness. Um, this is a, a time to just be reminded, I think, of how important it is to pray for our leaders. Uh, I've been very much struck by how leaders in our in our country and in other countries right now are having to make very weighty decisions oh, under yeah. immense pressure with with shifting information. That's not easy. No. And as a reminder, as we dealt sort of delegate decision-making authority to our civic leaders, we need to pray for them, that God will give them prudence, because um, they need it. You know, in times like this, it must just be very difficult to weigh what's really the situation, how to, you know, how to direct people to respond to it. And the other thing is, I just think it's a great time for us to sit back and notice, in, in the old sense of the term, what is involved in what we call politics. Unfortunately for us today, politics tends to have this deeply ideological sort of hue to it. <laughs> but politics, of course, is the art of living well together hmm. prudently. And I think one of the things that struck me, and I, I, in no way do I want to sort of, you know, offer propaganda here for, for one view or the other, but for example, the tensions that our leaders are wrestling with between really trying to have an appropriate response to the health crisis and also being sensitive to the economic impact that, you know, a long quarantine could have on a lot of small yes. businesses and so on and, and, and other institutions. This is how, this is, these are the, this is how politics works. There's a weighing of interest and it's, it takes immense wisdom. You, you know, one decision going one direction can have all kinds of even unanticipated effects on another direction. And it's just a reminder, I think, as you hear all the shouting of people thinking this, that, the other thing is, you know, the necessary or urgent thing that must be done, it's a reminder of how complicated real-life, on-the-ground political decision-making is. And, um, you know, from the micro level on up to the international macro level. And it's just a good reminder, I think, to not just pray, but, you know, to, to study, to, to learn wisdom in all areas of life so that when we're called upon to participate in decision-making processes, we understand <laughs> the importance of not having knee-jerk reactions or like, you know, being so ideologically committed to this or that, that we don't kind of weigh the complexity of, of a real-world world situation. I think that's a valuable lesson in times like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it strikes near to home because uh, I mm. used to work at IBM in Kingston, New York, and mm -hmm. uh, back in 93, 94, I don't know, that time frame, it shut down. And at first, mm -hmm. the community didn't feel the effect. Things just went on normally. Um, with time, I saw more and more yeah. tattoo parlors, more and more vaping outlets, mm -hmm. more and more mm -hmm. what appears to be marijuana outlets, even though they're not so bold. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it becomes a sanctuary city and more more uh, welfare, mm -hmm. more public housing, and I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. where are the businesses now that, that actually employ people to build things, to ship them out to yeah. customers? Yeah. And I'm realizing, yeah. wow, we've taken a turn yeah. for the worse. Now, it took a long time. And the reason I'm bringing mm -hmm. this up is because it affected Christian families. A number of Christian families yes. had to move out of the area in order yeah. to maintain and income. Either they transferred yep. with IBM or they found another job. And the the economics is also, can I put it in this term, even though it's inaccurate, is also a spiritual thing. 
Um, oh, yeah. I want to put it in those terms yeah. because sometimes yeah. people, um, even on Facebook postings, they say, well, all that matters is that we don't let anybody die. Well, that's important. I wish they'd be mm-hmm. consistent with abortion on that, but anyway, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, and here, here. so, so, yeah. um, and I, I don't want to sound harsh, but death is not the end of the world. I mean, I mean, for the Christian, we go to be in the immediate presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and so I, I just lost my dad um, last month, and it's very fresh in my mind how important mm-hmm. it is to know th- that yes. when. The Christian dies. There's no question about it. He goes immediately into the presence of Christ, and we can have full confidence that he is with the, or she is with the Lord. And likewise for us who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thrust ourselves yeah. upon the mercies of the Savior can have this confidence um, that, that Christ holds us in his hands, and, and we're secure in that. Um, all yes. that said... Um, yeah, economics is important, and and we want to just leave it to so-called the quote-unquote common realm. There's more to it than that. Well, and by common, you know, common, I, I don't mean in any way to say it's not under Christ's lordship. I just mean it's common in the sense that we share it with all. Oh yeah, of, of course, people, our society, and and yeah, and I understood and what, what you meant. Yeah, <laughs> but what you're saying is so so critically important, which is that in a true commonwealth in a true, uh, you know, society community, everything right. is interconnected. And it is. To balance, to balance the varying interests and make sure that all of the good of our people is accounted for. This is, this requires wisdom. <laughs> it does. It does. And I wonder how many businesses were chased out of New York because of excessive taxation. And uh, we, we actually could have kept them here had we been a little bit kinder and not not extracted so yeah. much tax money from them. Now, let, let's close this. We've got two or three minutes left. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about your situation on Long Island. Um, the numbers are high, I assume, for COVID-19. And how is your church doing? I mean, without stories out of school here, but, but you yeah. know, are they adapting to this? Yeah, I mean, God has been very kind. We have had some people exposed, and we have had some people who we think, you know, may have had it, but we have had, you know, people are, are, are health-wise basically doing well. Um, we're thankful for that. What's probably been um, the most challenging has been we have some, some of our saints who are either in the field of psychiatry or just in hospital work right in the middle of seeing cases and, and the, you know, the mental health implications of, of this kind of illness and so on. And boy, that's just some heavy stuff to work with. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in hospitals where you see people, you know, on respirators and they're just fighting for life, that's right. you know, that's where you really do see the human toll. And, um, you know, th- those brothers and sisters, I really feel for them just, you know, it's heartbreaking. But thanks be to God, they're there. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I would encourage our listeners, your listeners, Dan, to just consider is maybe ways you might support your local hospitals and medical community. Mm. Just check into that, because they're really, they're right in the teeth of this. But, yeah, our church is doing well, thanks to our Lord. You know, we're, health has been basically pretty good, and we've had a couple of babies born in the last couple of weeks, which has been <laughs> a little bit worrying, but they're yeah. healthy, so far as we know. Good. So we're grateful. Oh, Praise the Lord for that. And finally, uh, 
This is Pastor Ben Miller that we're talking with today, and he's the senior pastor of Trinity Church. Now, uh, I believe that uh, we're going to get through this by God's grace and Mm -hmm. that uh, we'll be getting back to our churches. The big question is Mm -hmm. how soon. But once your church opens up again, uh, how (laughs) how do they find your church, Pastor Ben? Well, probably the easiest thing is just go to our website, uh, trinitychurchlongisland.com. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, just Facebook forward slash Trinity Church Long Island, I think, um, and you'll see our contact information. But yeah, we would love to have anyone join us via live stream, or certainly we're really hoping we can get back together soon. And um, they can also email me at opcpastor at gmail.com. Glad to hear from anybody anytime. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll try to remember to put that in our link online when we post this as a podcast at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Pastor Ben Miller, my dear brother, it's been an honor to talk with you today again, and may God bless your church and your family. Thank you, brother. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 